from Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's time for the Gospel Mailbox with Donnie Bryson. If you would like to contact the ministry, you may call Donnie at 423-355-3859. Write Donnie at P.O. Box 2446, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37409. Or email him at this email address, preacher at gospelmailbox.org. And now for today's lesson, here's Donnie Bryson. Welcome to another treatment of the International Sunday School Lesson. Today's lesson is entitled, A Welcoming Invitation. And it's taken from Revelation 22, 10 through 21. And it's for August the 28th, 2022, Summer Quarter, Lesson Number 13. Now, a little background information. This is the last lesson of this Sunday school year. It's also taken from the last chapter in the New Testament. Now, just as a reminder, this last verse ends the New Testament with a blessing. And the Old Testament just for reference, ends the Old Testament with the threat of a curse. So it's a good comparison between the Old Testament uh, covenant and the New Testament covenant to think about that. Now today's lesson is, as I said, the last lesson of the Sunday school year. And we will be reiterating some of the main themes that we've been discussing over the last few lessons. Uh, three main themes that we'll be reiterating and re-emphasizing are the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, how that we should make things right with God if we are not in good communion with God. And those of us who are Christians, even though times may get hard from time to time, we need to keep on pressing on to the mark of the high calling. Okay? Now, Revelation 22, 10 and 11. And he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Now, I want to focus in on two themes in these two verses. First off is this idea of sealing up the words of the prophecy of this book. Now we know from the book of Daniel, in Daniel 12 and 4, Daniel was told, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. And Bible scholars, like, for example, Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown, they note that 
Daniel, that period was a lot further away for Daniel. And so Daniel was being instructed to seal it up. Whereas the time was closer for the Apostle John's time and much closer for our time. And so the prophecy was not being sealed up because it, the time is growing closer. Okay. Now, the other thing that I want us to focus in on and think about is the concept of let the evildoers still do evil and the filthy still be filthy and the righteous still do right and the holy still be holy. And what is being talked about is when people have resisted the call of God repeatedly and repeatedly and their heart has become hardened. And that happens to people. So if you are hearing the gospel message, do not harden your heart because you can get to the point to where you will not listen. You know, Daniel was talking about the same thing. Daniel 12, 9 through 11. He said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. And that's what ends up happening is that once things get to a certain point, the righteous are set in their ways and the ungodly are set in their ways. So don't let yourself get past that point to where you get a hardened heart. Okay? Now, Revelation 22 and 12. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. Let me tell you something. Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, the judgment is going to happen and everything's going to be reviewed and if you hadn't made things right with God, it's going to be a very sad day for you. But if you have made things right with God and the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to your heart, it will be a time of great rejoicing. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 27, For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. There's going to be a payday someday. Okay?
Revelation 22 and 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Now, this is not the only place where this concept is given in the Bible. Isaiah 48 and 12, listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, whom I have I called. I am he, I am the first and the last. Now, just as a matter of theological concept, let me underscore something about this Alpha and Omega concept. There are two dimensions to that. One dimension is temporal. In other words, relating to time. God was before time and he is after time stops. He completely spans the entire universe, both in the physical realm and in the temporal time realm. realm. Before time started and after time ends, there is God. So when Jesus says I'm Alpha and Omega, that is one dimension of that. In the temporal dimension, where he is the beginning and the end. The other dimension is comprehensively concepts that he is all in all. He is everything. If you want to talk about strength, he is all strong. If you talk about size, he's all size. If you want to talk about holiness, he is all holiness. Comprehensively, he is all-encompassing everything. He is the Alpha and Omega in that concept. Okay? Revelation 22, 14 and 15. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Let me tell you something. In reference in light of the fact that Jesus is coming back, let's keep ourselves pure. Let's keep ourselves pointing the world to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's keep pressing on to the mark of the high calling in the Lord Jesus Christ. John 15, 10 through 14 says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments 
and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. You see, this thing about being a Christian is much more than just mere lip service. It's much more than just behaving ourselves when other people are looking at us. It's when no other human eye can see us. It is pressing on to the mark of the high calling of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is being attentive to the things that he has commanded us to do. It's showing compassion on someone who's down and out. It's showing compassion on those that are weak. It's showing love and tenderness to those that have fallen to their uh, weaknesses. That is what being a Christian is. And it's important that we have that washed robe, that we're wearing that washed robe, that we keep ourselves clean and we keep ourselves pressing on to the mark of the high calling. Because we do not know the hour, the, t the minute, the second that the Lord Jesus is going to come back. And we need to keep ourselves holy for that moment. Okay? Revelation 22, 16 and 17. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. Wow. The call of God is going out. The Holy Ghost is calling to the world to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. The true church, now not this fake stuff, but the true church is preaching the soul-saving, blood-bought gospel and is pleading with the lost and dying world to come to Christ to make things right with God. And so the bride is saying, come. And the people who have made a come to a relationship with God, they are saying, come to Christ. And anyone who is thirsty can come and be satisfied with the salvation that is in 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I've mentioned this before and I'm going to mention it again. The bright morning star is using the planet Venus as a metaphor of Jesus. And the planet Venus is the brightest planet in our sky. And it can actually be seen even with when the sun has risen. And it's called the morning star because oftentimes it is seen to let you know that the sunrise is coming. That it's going to be a new day. And Jesus is that uh, bright morning star. Now also to this call to the world. If you haven't accepted Jesus or you're backslidden, he is calling out to you. And just as if, just as the prophet Isaiah was instructed to say in Isaiah 55, 1 through 3, Come, everyone who thirst, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. And delight yourself in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant my steadfast, sure love for David. Without money, you can't buy salvation. You can't make a trade with God and make a, strike a deal with Him. You come to God just as you are and ask Him for forgiveness and accept the blood of Jesus into your heart. Okay? Now, Revelation 22, 18 and 19. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. Now, I want to, and I don't address this often, and I'm just going to say this, and, and those of you that listen by YouTube, if you make comments and want to argue with me about this, I'm not going to argue with you about it. But I'm just going to point something out that this is not referring to translations. All a translation is, is taking something 
from one language and translating it into another language. Now, the Old Testament was originally written in both Hebrew and Aramaic. The New Testament, as best as we know, all of it was written in Kone Greek, which was the Greek of the common working people. And that's the original languages that the Bible was written in. And as time went on and people did not know how to read Hebrew, they did not know how to read Koine uh, Greek, they did not know how to read Aramaic. So the Bible was beginning, uh, was started to be translated in various languages so people could understand what God was telling them. And godly people, godly scholars worked very hard to translate the Bible into all of these different languages. And this is not referring to those translations. Because we know by the time that John penned these words in the book of Revelation, that there had already been a major translation of the Old Testament. And oftentimes in the New Testament, you can tell that the New Testament writers were quoting from the Septuagint, which was the Greek version of the Old Testament. They were quoting from the Septuagint instead of the Hebrew Old Testament. So if that is wrong to use a translation of the Bible, this they wouldn't have been doing that. A translation is nothing more than a translation. And they are a multitude of translations out there. Um, and the vast majority of them are very good, accurate translations. No translation is really above the other, regardless what anybody says. Because a translation, the original, the original text, if you're not reading Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic, you are reading just a translation of the original because the original is definitely not in English. It's not in English of 300 years ago. It's not of English of 10 years ago. It is in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. So those of us 
are those folks that are adamant about the King James only version being the official version of the Bible that is completely inaccurate because that would mean that God let people stumble around for what 1600 years after the old the New Testament was completed that God let the church stumble around for 1600 years before he gave them the official version of the Bible and that's just ridiculous okay uh, but having said all of that let me be real clear if you take and distort the Bible and cut big sections of the Bible out and you're twisting scriptures to meet your own little pet theory these verses are directly talking to you and you need to be really fearful of doing that because uh, God did not have John pen those words for nothing God was not bluffing when he said that. Okay? And both the John said this, also the Old Testament, the law had a very similar phrase in it in Deuteronomy 12:32, everything that I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add to it or take from it. Be careful with the text of the Bible. Revelation 22, 20 and 21. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. And that is how the New Testament concludes. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Now I want us to really stop and note about something about grace. Yes, grace has got a component to it that is mercy, God being forgiving. But there's also another component to grace is that God enables us to change. So it's not only forgiveness, but it's also a change of life. Titus, Titus 2, 11 through 13, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
It is both has a component of mercy and also has the component of the strength to have a new life. You have been listening to The Gospel Mailbox with Donnie Bryson. If you would like to contact the ministry, you may call Donnie at 423-355-3859. Write Donnie at P.O. Box 2446, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37409. Or email him at this email address, preacher at thegospelmailbox.org. 